And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. They've had their warning. They've had their warning. Here's Lucy Bronze. That is remarkable from Arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. We're back with a brand new spanking name, new theme tune, but it's still us two. I'm Kate Borsay. Just the two of us. I'm Lindsay Hooper and uh, coming up today, we're getting you ready for the start of the WSL, but we can't do it alone. Oh no. Uh, joining us today, it's She Kicks editor, Jen O'Neill. Jen, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You say it's just the two of you, but I know that you've got a little friend with you for this recording as well. Currently chewing my headphone cables. <laughs> I have a puppy um, who's nine weeks old, Billy, the little Yorkie poo. Yes. And, and when he predicts who wins the WSL and we don't, then he can have his own show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. he'll be our equivalent of an octopus. From we the need World to lay Cup. all the teams out on the floor and see which one. <laughs> Billy goes to. He'll do better than me. I can definitely rig it with treats. Is he going to have his own Instagram, Hoops? Um, Instagram, no. I've, I, I have enough of all of that stuff myself, let alone giving him one. Um, I've put the introductory social media post out there that International Dogs Day, look at Billy, and then maybe something, I don't know, in a year. <laughs> well, it's nice to have a mascot. Jen, how excited are you? You're, you know, a sage, wise woman of the uh, women's game. So I'm just, I'm just interested to know your level of excitery for this season. I'm, I'm sort of befuddled at the moment because we're, we're going, you're going to ask me to sort of think about how things are going to go. So, so that's overtaken my sort of bewildered excitement. It's, mm. it's almost like we've hit a new sort of stratosphere of of the potential coverage and the, the competition mm. ahead. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself um, branded, but I'm yeah. also very dizzy with with what's going to happen. With, with everything. And, and we, we've all talked to lots of players in the last week or two, haven't we? And they talk a good game, but we have to see what they do on the field. And, that's... and then sometimes those conversations all sort of melt into one another, don't they, Jen? Do you find that as well? Yeah, there's a lot of the yes. tropes and things, but which is understandable because some of the... The questions are quite repetitive as well. Yeah, sure they are. Um, I hear Sky Sports have got a really good reporter as part of their <laughs> team, Lindsay. Yeah, I hear she's okay. Um, she's got she's got a new puppy. <laughs> <laughs> what's it What's it been like for you though, Hoops? Because you've been pre-seasoning probably to the max, certainly more than I have been. I've been dipping in and out and doing a few interviews, but you've been at it every day. And, you know, you are part of a brand new phase of the game, I suppose, here in this country. Well, you would think that. But actually, to date, I did the Reading Media Day, I did the Chelsea Media Day, and I just freshly at the weekend came away from doing the Arsenal Media Day and a sit down with Vivian Miedemar, which that interview will be going out prior to Arsenal-Chelsea on Sunday. 
and I've just come off a meeting actually about all of the coverage. I mean, the exciting thing is, and and the one thing that we're all getting whipped up about, because of course the people I'm working with, Jackie Oatley, who's going to be commentating, Caroline Barker, um, who will be presenting, they've been involved with women's football for many, many years. And all of us are just getting a bit dizzy with the fact that we've got eight cameras on this game. So um, think of all those lovely camera angles, the analysis we're going to be able to bring, the replays, I mean, there have genuinely been situations yeah. in the past where people have missed the goal, like literally missed the goal going Can in. Can you give us a bit of an so, exclusive? Will we be seeing touchscreen action? You will. You will see Excellent. touchscreen action. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that may be making its debut? I think we're going to find our feet on the first weekend, but I, I've just put forward a whole other load of suggestions a few, a few minutes ago. <laughs> I can imagine that. Every single producer's nightmare up rocks Lindsay Hooper. <gasps> Should we do this? <laughs> We have to show, and I think it's really important. I was just saying about the balance of giving it the full treatment so that you have things that we see in the, in the men's game, like the multi-camera angle shots, like things like the touchscreen and those sorts of that sort of analysis. But I equally think it's as important to show the differences and to show the accessibility we have in women's football, the relationship with the fans and what they, you know, the way they go over and spend literally sometimes up to an hour with 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 fans in the crowd after the game's finished. The subs bench, you know, it isn't it isn't like in the men's game, I mean, we've got we've got limitations at the minute because of bubbles and because of COVID. But I think when we get past that, I'd like to try and break through some of those barriers. And if we're on site, let's show as much as we can. Well, I'm excited and I'm sure you are too. Let's get to the preview then. Each team, one by one. First up, the contenders. You're listening to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Top of the shop, it's Chelsea back-to-back title winners. Can they make it a third consecutive title? Uh, they are the holders. They are going for that three in a row. Still under Emma Hayes, and they're pretty much the same side as last season. Just two new incomings. One, carpool karaoke style with her brother Reese going to training. It's Lauren James. <laughs> and that was the world's worst kept secret, I think. And Anique Nguyen as well, who's come in from PSV Eindhoven, a defender. I had a feeling actually, Jen, that they would get a defender in this market. What do you think about the business that they've done? Yeah, well, clubs that bring lots of players in, we often say they're signaling, signaling intent Chelsea bring two in and it feels ominous. You know, mm. it's like, this is what, this is all we need to go again. So, Anuvin, um Emma Hayes is saying she has no doubt that she's one of the best young defenders in the world. We all know that Lauren James is potentially the best young English striker um, of her generation. It's It's the best team getting even better, isn't it? I think so. And it was noticeable last season as well that they didn't have a huge change of personnel it's still tantalizing isn't it frank kirby sam kerr Penilla harder but now you've got lauren james to add into that triumvirate and you know again the age-old issue of keeping them all happy bethany england's still there g as well so jen how does how does emma hayes i know that she won't have to deal with the issue of lauren james first of all because she's still injured isn't she at the moment but how how is she going to deal with rotating these players 
Well, we ask her What's this her best combination? Season. Yeah, go Well, on. she knows. And you, you, it, rotation is the answer, isn't it? If you look at the group stage of the Champions League, which they'll enter in October, and that's six games through till December, that's a lot of demands in terms of high-level competition and the, the travel, etc. So players will know that they're going to get the chance. Skura Wrighton will want to be in there. She, you know, she only started, what, six times, I think, last year? She'll want to start more. So... There's a huge amount of quality, and you said they didn't bring that many in last summer. But the Carder and Kerr, you know, I mean, two of the yes. best players in the world, yes. and it's like they'd they'd been there forever. Even if Kerr couldn't remember where the goal was, she knew exactly how to get into position to score goals. And those two will, I'm sure, be starting with all cylinders going. And they've also had the advantage of not having half their team away at the Olympics, which we'll get on to when we head up to Manchester. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think with Nuven, the question now is whose place is under threat in defence? Because you can't begin to imagine that Magdalena Eriksson isn't going to be a regular, not only captain, but also she is a titan in that position. But then, you you know, you're going to miss, aren't you, that presence and build of Millie Bright if you don't go with her regularly. How do, how do you fit in in that position in particular in, in defence now that you've got this this other option? I think the the big uh, concern, wasn't it, was when you were missing fullbacks without Mielda going into the Champions League final. That was where they were exposed. Jess Carter and Neve Charles were excellent up until that point, but against the best of the best, they just fell short against Carolina Graham Hansen. They, they really struggled, and that's what lost them the game. So you need more strength across that back line, and they need versatility. Sometimes they'll play three at the centre, sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a I, four. I was going to say, do you think it's... I think it's looking like it could be a back three more times than not. And I think that's so. the way that a lot of teams will be going. I think that's the sort of vogue of, of formations and looking yeah. at using wing-backs a lot more that we're seeing. As the game gets more athletic, That will and there are players that have that ability, that will be the trend, I think, this season. I think we're going to see more of Jessie Fleming, aren't we? She was so good for Canada. She's bold. She's brave. I like her... Uh, I like her balls, if that's not too much of an awful pun. But I like Jessie Fleming as a player and I'm interested to see how she's going to fit into things. But I'm I'm also interested by this by this quest for Champions League football again. You know, they they did so well last season up to that 4-0 humbling by Barcelona. And that, you know, again, will be playing on the mind first and foremost of Emma Hayes. And I and I wonder, I don't know whether this is this is too out there, but Jen, do you think her ambition to win the Champions League will override almost her ambition to make it three in a row for the title, Emma Hayes? Um, possibly. I, I don't. I, they're winners, so if we said yeah. um, yes, then we, we, it would be a bit foolish. But I think if you offered her the Champions League title or the league title, I think she would go for the former. So maybe there is an opportunity then for other sides. We will talk more about that. But yeah, Chelsea looking so convincing, so decent, and I'm looking forward to seeing this this brilliant attacking play. I'm sure the partnership of Kerr and Kirby is going to be as important as it was last season. So where do we see Chelsea finishing? Do we think it's going to be a third title in a row? Is this me chickening out if I just say top two? Because I think actually <laughs> by, the end of, by the end of September, it's crazy. If you look at the fixtures, you might actually know how the whole league is going to work out. There's some juicy fixtures in the first three rounds of games. I am going to go second for Chelsea. I think... 
there is going to be the eye on Champions League football. I think that that's how she's going to experiment with her side. She's going to very much be thinking about that. And if it means that, she, that, 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 that there's a slight little, you know, taken, taken her eye off the league, then maybe. But yeah, I am going to go second. I'm going to go first. I think they will get this third title. And I also think when we look back in the history books, there is a big part of Chelsea that don't see that they have back-to-back titles as it stands, even though on paper they do. But because of the pandemic, it was decided on points and where they were at that time. And I feel like that there's something in them that's saying, no, we want to do this uh, for, for us to show that we can retain a title in a, in a normal domestic season and a normal domestic campaign. So I think they will finish first, um, but I still don't think that they're going to get over that line with the the Champions League just yet. Oh, harsh. Okay, well, let's go on to one of the other main contenders then. This leans us naturally towards Manchester City. So close every time. I'm just wondering if this is going to be their year. They've got a couple of key injuries at the start of the season anyway in Lucy Bronze and Ellen White. But... They've made some key signings. So let's talk about Khadija Bunny Shaw, first of all, Jen. Everyone's very excited about this indeed. Um, Of course, she's an awesome signing. I'm going to wade in there and say, what about too much expectation? Yeah, there is possibly a bit of um, truth in that. She she was an exciting player even at college level we were all dead excited to see her at the world cup she smashed it in france she was Mm. the top scorer she's not going to find it as easy to score that many goals in the wsl you can be pacey you can be direct and strong but that isn't quite enough i don't think to rack up the goals that she got in france uh she's she's the final piece in the jigsaw said janine becky and i think eventually yes but i think it's too much to expect at the hit yeah. the ground, absolutely running right from the, the off. And also to go from a side like Bordeaux into Manchester City as well, I think she is going to need some time to adapt. She's going to need to understand a different game, a new game. And so I, I completely agree that, it, that it'll take her a while. And um, Lindsay Kalida Shaw, not just the only signing, but I suppose we should... We should also talk about who isn't there this season as well. Sam Mewis has gone. Abidal Kemper was a weird one. Jen, what happened with this? She obviously signed, didn't she, for two and a half years for Manchester City, but she went in August, signed with Houston Dash, which they've called a loan, have they? How did this work? Yeah, what happened? I'm, not, I'm not sure either because she's recently even been um, singing the praises of the, the Player Association in the NWSL and improving sort of player rights, etc. And and there's, I think there's even some confusion about where she might end up in the next year or two as well. Okay. So I can't, I can't help you on that one, sadly. Ask Billy. All right. She's gone. <laughs> though and so Sam Mewis as I've said so where does this leave City for you Linz? You know what up until a couple of these key injuries were announced I think that they were in a good place because a lot of the younger players that they'd bought through I think are going to hit their stride um, Vicky Lasada is a great addition from Barcelona Hayley Rasso we already know that she knows WSL moving from Everton But I do think that Lucy Bronze being absent for the start and as Jen mentioned, there are some big fixtures early on in this campaign. Ellen White, who who is going to be a huge miss, um, currently out injured. I, I feel for Man City that with a few players that they've lost and all of that to take into consideration, I think Arsenal are going to pip them into second. Um, so I have Man City coming in third. 
And oh, that's interesting. It's purely because of this start to the campaign. And, and Yeah, but they've got Alana Kennedy as well. Vicky Lasada isn't going to play every game, is she, Jen? But she'll be amazing in terms of technicality, in terms of maybe, you know, bringing, bringing something extra to the side. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. And actually, I'm going to echo what Lindsay just said. I, I think that if you'd asked me a week, two weeks ago, I would have thought that Man City might have been, it might have been their season to pip Chelsea. Um, if you if you remember last year, they only really lost that title because of one game in October, mm. the 3-1 loss. And a lot of that personnel have gone on to a new level, I think. I think that having another pre-season under their belt, that there are are going to be some brilliant performances, um, without doubt. But I just think that these absentees, I think bronze and and white together, and it's pretty much the first half of the season, isn't it, for both of them? Yeah, and I just think that there's just, they're, they're claiming that They've had players come back from the Olympics a little bit late, so it's almost like they're still in their pre-season, even though they've just started their Champions League. So so they, they're already claiming that they're a little bit behind. Well, they haven't got time to be behind. This is what happened last year. And their, their excuse then, which, uh, fair enough, is that Gareth Taylor had only just come in. They, they needed to be on the ball from the first off. And they're saying they're not. So what happens? I think Arsenal gobble that up. Yeah, interesting. We can't gauge much from pre-season, but um, they drew against Real Madrid and they're in, in front for most of the game. Um, goal from Caroline Weir. I don't, I, I'm just interested to see what Manchester City have to offer. I know that they've got key personnel gone, but they've been all right without players like Ellen White before. I'm going to venture that. But a lot depends how these new signings settle in. And also what, what Gareth Taylor does in his second season in charge of the side, how's he going to have benefited from having a full season? And what's what sort of changes is he going to have made? The one thing to highlight, though, with that white absence is I think this is going to be a high scoring season. I think that Arsenal will score more goals than they ever have. And I think that... Chelsea the same so you've got to it could come down to something like goal difference and so when I look at that I I don't think that they've got as many goals in this city side without white in it than than their competitors and I think that's going to be one of the issues okay let's take a quick prediction on Manchester City then Jen O'Neill well so they're going to be second or third aren't they I think it's the and you can put me in stocks and pelt me with fruit if they (laughs) if if they saw if we're totally wrong, and because I love Man City when they're in full flow, I, I just don't think we're going to see it soon enough in the season. Yeah, I'm going to go third as well for Manchester City, just because I want a bit of a change and I'm excited by <laughs> Arsenal. So I'm just going to put the cat amongst the pigeons and say Man City third for me. Lindsay Hooper? Third, yeah. I, I okay. think I've already, I've already revealed that I'm, I'm going for third and I'm going for Arsenal in second. And it's Arsenal who we'll move on to next. Under new management, Jonas Eideval taking over from Joe Montemuro. Um, he's only just actually linked up with the squad. He's been doing a lot of things over video conference and he sent his coaching staff over early. But um, he is there in situ now. They had a good start in the Champions League against weaker opposition and they kick off the season on Sunday to Chelsea. It's going to be a huge one that on Sky Sports and it will be a, a stern test indeed. Uh, before we speak more about Arsenal, um, we're going to get some inside scoop on life in the camp. Kate caught up with Katie McCabe. Obviously, we're really excited to kind of start the our new journey under Jonas. For me personally, I absolutely love his passion. What you see is what you get with him on the training park. And then obviously you see the way he celebrates when we score, whether it's the first or the third goal going in, he, he still celebrates. So I love that 
that side of him, that passion and obviously what we what we need here he drives that intensity and now I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how how we progress on the room and um, the club announced a boost in support for the women's team I think it's safe to say for anyone that's followed women's football for a long time we've seen Arsenal be at the ascendancy be at the top of the table win some trophies and um, be one of the names and it's safe to say that with competition coming up of course it's more difficult and I think the club have pledged to try and put some extra impetus and some extra funding behind that have you seen anything come through yet anything any sort of evidence of that yet of the club boosting their um their commitment to the women's team yeah exactly uh, you've seen obviously Vinay um had his uh, released his kind of interview on on what he was he was planning um and we've seen that firsthand the investment Arsenal have put into the women's game um as you've said Arsenal women have been at the forefront of women's football for the last 20 odd years um, we've won the most trophies um, so we want to continue that legacy and with Arsenal obviously investing in us uh, the resources um, whether that's staff equipment everything else it's 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 exciting for us and obviously we need to obviously continue our job which is obviously getting results on the pitch so it's great when you've got obviously the club in harmony and working towards the same thing so no, it's a really exciting time especially then with, with Jonas coming in as well I think that that was a statement in itself have you got a quick goal prediction, a tally for the season for Viv? She was picked to the post by Sam Kerr last season in the WSL anyway, as far as goals go. Can you set her a target? How many goals do you want Viv to knock in this season? I think it was 18 last season. I don't know. She'll kill me if I set her a target. All I know is that she is going to be absolutely frightening this year. I won't put any any numbers out there because... Yeah, her. It's it's not just the goals she bring. You know, she the player she is, how she links up the play. I think some of that stuff kind of goes unnoticed as well. Obviously, we we know Viv as the goal scorer and what how she how she brings players together and even their assists. Some of her assists are an absolute joke. So I won't throw any uh, numbers out there just yet. She'll probably kill me for that. But now I've I've no doubt that it's going to be another exciting year for her. Katie McCabe there, and um, I have to reveal that. From my day that I spent at Arsenal, there was a good vibe mm. and there was especially some excitement around Viv Miedemar and Mana Iwabuchi and the way that they're linking up. <laughs> Even Viv herself was telling me, I think we're going to need a new nickname, basically. They're loving it. I mean, if, if Viv is loving having an, an, a new player in the team, wow, everyone else needs to watch out. I'm trying to desperately think of a so of a name to tie them both together, but but I've I've completely drawn a blank. Um, I've seen some quite. If this isn't too crazy, Midamana, Midamana. Thank you very Vibibucci. much. Vivabucci, thank you very much, producer Abby. Much quicker, quicker than we are in our old age. Um, I've seen some very, you know, if this isn't too awful, cute pictures of Viv and Mana. Um, quite a height difference there. But they just look great together. So I, I'm, I am excited by this. And apparently, uh, well, we've also seen them in action a fair bit, luckily, Arsenal. They've won both their pre-season games, haven't they? They beat Chelsea and Spurs. They've won all their Champions League qualifying games so far and the first leg of Slavia Prague that took place this week. Um, Manu Iwabuchi scoring an absolute dream goal against PSV. Uh, as I mentioned to Katie McKay. I'm going to say it now. I think that is the signing of the window. 
Well, she just looks, my, my kind of point is that I'm spending a long time making, is that she looks so comfortable already, <laughs> Jen. And that is half the battle here when you've got lots of new players in. Um, she's just slotted in so well. And that's that's what you get when you hire experience and intelligence, I think. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the pace of the game in terms of um, moving the ball is just, you can see they're all loving it. And it, it's a different option, isn't it? It's not just a a Jordan Nobbs or a Kim Little type of um, playing behind the, the front line. It's it's just wonderfully fluid to see, uh, particularly last night as well in the, the, the Champions League game. You got to see it in action again. That yeah. Everybody in that team is a loving football and that's what they look like when they flew away with the league a couple of seasons ago and that's what you're kind of hoping they'll get into the flow of doing this season too. So in terms of prediction then, we know, Lindsay, you've said second. Yep. Uh, Jen, are you going to argue with that? Uh, no, I think so. yeah, so second or third. So I'm every time I'm being pathetic and going for two places they could possibly finish in. Okay, <laughs> so second or third. I'm just going to bowl in and say first. <gasps> oh, I'm, 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 I'm just going to do it because I just feel like we need a bit of spark to this, and we need something for Lindsay to take the Mickey out of me for later on in the season. So I'm just going to bowl in, say I'm getting carried away with the hype. The prospect of Paris, Iwabuchi and Miedemar is too much for me to take. So and the amazing thing Arsenal is you're going to know league. if you're wrong after the first game. <laughs> this is true because, it, yes, you are exactly because right when you, when, you, when you talk about the fixtures, Jen. I have the frailties of the Joe Montemuro era in which they were always daunted and, and didn't turn up in those crucial games. Have they yeah. carried on under Edeval or have they sorted that out and... They, they train in more hours, I think, as well, which is interesting. Well, I so think Odeval knows what he likes and likes what he knows, if you see what I mean. And I think that they could really do with that with that security. At the I think fitness as well is a huge part of the way that he wants them to play. So upping the, the training hours doesn't surprise me. And they're all full time. You know, they, they should have been running their legs off right now. It's pre-season. <laughs> You would have to run it up and down sand dunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think he's the sort as well. I, I was reading an article. I think he's the sort that joins in. You know, he'll actually go and do it with them. He doesn't. He doesn't ask them to do anything that he wouldn't be prepared to go <laughs> now and do himself. Let me tell you how 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 I would score this goal. I'll get off the pitch for God's sake. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's continue. We're going to go into the next phase of this preview podcast now on the Athletic Women's Football Show and head into ones to watch. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This is the Athletic Women's Football Podcast with Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper. The big spenders of the window, certainly with the most moves, it's been Everton. They've made some astute signings and a lot of them. Let's start with Benison. And there were quite a lot of clubs in for her. Yeah, well, she's rated as one of the most exciting players, I think, in world football. Uh, you saw that at the Olympics. So she came on as a sub each time for Sweden, who were outstanding Sweden. I think we all agree. And she was a huge part of that. She's just got everything in that midfield and she's still so young. So that was a huge coup. But I think that it blows me away, the business that Everton have done this summer. It's it's well thought out. It's um it's it's quite scary. I find 
these ones to watch the most fascinating i think out of the yeah the not not too teams. many though because you, you look at that list kate there are an awful lot of players to bed in well there's a lot of rosengard players so there's a lot of Idaval's former players from rosengard that they've had a bit of a raid of um a lot of players to bed in yes but i'm looking at Tony Dungan and Kenza Darley, two more experienced players. I think Benison will just find her way through. I don't think anyone expects her to come on and score, you know, game after game, goal after goal. They did pay a lot of money for her, though, a substantial fee. £150,000 is the estimate that I've seen, and, and she's a, she's only 18. I think it is about them settling in, but you've got... So players like Aurora Gali, for example, who's come from Juventus, she can she can sit at the bottom of that midfield, so she will shore things up there. Leonie Meyer from Arsenal as well. I've got slight player confusion here because we've not even mentioned the players that are already there, like Nicolene Sorensen, Claire Emsley, Izzy Christiansen. I'm sort of falling over over myself with the wealth of talent here. My big caveat, first of all, before we go into kind of major detail, is that there's been a lot of money spent, not just last season, but particularly this season as well. And the board, the club are going to want to see some sort of return. Everton had such a good start, didn't they? I think there were four games undefeated at the beginning of last season that it'll be really, well, they're in a really delicate position for this first four or five fixtures because people are going to start asking questions unless they perform very, very well. And that's my kind of only only hesitancy. There's a whole new load of players. There's a lot of money that's been spent and a team that really are going for Champions League football. We know that from Tony Duggan. So all that's got to, got to play into the first month of the season. And I'm a bit boggled by it all. Mm. Jen, perhaps you can make some sense of it for me. I think that they're a club with a very clear plan, so I don't think that there'll be pressure on them immediately. I think there's a lot of uh, players come in, as you say, but I look through that list and I mean, there's two of them are goalkeepers, so that's not a gelling issue particularly, is it? It's good cover. Uh, I think that they, they complement what they already have. I'm excited to see Izzy Christensen and Kenza Darley and linking with Tony Duggan. Tony Duggan, yeah, agree. I think I think like, Tony Duggan is has gone through I think I'm she's so brave to have done what she's done to have been and played in in Spain and and to come back I think we're going to see her back to the her best I think she's so determined and she's already so much happier again we say about Jen Beatty's back and loving football because she knows what she might have lost it, mm. it um I, I think that Tony Duggan is, is already so so happy and you'll see that translated into goals and they need that they need that cutting edge and and Viard is also a good goal scorer Scores goals wherever she goes. I don't know how he fits them all into an 11 on the pitch. I think you're right. That's That might be interesting to see if it works. They've been off to Scotland, haven't they, on a pre-season. They, they, it looks like they're all getting on really well. It makes a bit of a difference not trying to gel a, a team like this in the midst of really strict COVID protocols. They still have bubbles and stuff, but it's easier for them to to come together as a unit. So it's it's going to be really exciting to see how they do in that first game. I think the league needs a team like Everton who can take points off the top three because we've had the same top three for a very long time. I think it was 2014, the last time we can think of back to Liverpool mm. when it wasn't a Manchester City, but Chelsea or Arsenal. This is the issue Everton had last season though, isn't it? That they didn't take enough points from the top teams. But that all. has to be their aim. And when and when Jen talks about the plan and the planning behind these signings, that's got to be where they've got to get to. They have to take crucial points 
at different times of the season from those top three, but whilst at the same time beating the teams that below them, which mm. that it was a it was a mixed bag last season. An observation about Tony Duggan in all of the time and I've watched quite a lot of her career. Um, I'm not sure whether it's the same for you, Jen, in terms of keeping across what she was doing in Spain. I did I didn't do that so much, but I've always been impressed that she can score the spectacular. And she scores some absolute humdingers from outside the box, 25 yards, cutting in, curling past the keeper. You'll see loads of those. But when it comes to the knock-ins and the tap-ins close range, I don't see so many of those from Tony. I hope that's a part of her game because it, it seems really contrary, doesn't it, to say that she does the spectacular but not the simple. You'd think that there are players out there that do the simple really well and are always working on trying to do the spectacular. Um, I don't know whether you, you'd you ever thought that before. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's an element of truth in that. But yeah, that's what that's for the plebs. <laughs> they can yeah. get those ones. <laughs> I'm kidding. We all love to see. We love, we love, we just love goals for, and they can come from anywhere. They don't just need to be from... From Tony Duggan, if she if she's part of a, a I mean they've well, got, got so much talent there for already. The goals. Well, she's mid midfield ish, but yeah, yeah, you've got you've got Simone McGill who'll do that. You, we've got Gabby George coming back fit. The, the, there's just so much quality in Claire that Emsley, team. Yeah, I mean, well, exactly. I was going to mention it's, it's such a, a good side, and I think looking at the signings, they're upgrades. It's, they, they will are. be sad to have lost Grasso, for example, but they it's, they're upgrades. Okay, so should we put a prediction on Everton? They finished fifth last season. Lindsay, where do you put them this season? Fourth. Oh, okay. Jen O'Neill? Yeah, I think fourth. I'd love to see them get into third, but I I think maybe it's too much to ask this season. Yes, I think it depends how well they nobble the top sides and... I'm going with you on the fourth as well. I'm just checking in my head that all my predictions make sense. They probably won't by the end of the show, by the way. Uh, There we go. So we've got Everton for fourth. So in this realm as well, we also need to talk about Manchester United. They've had a bit of a a weird off-season, a bit of turmoil there with Casey Stoney leaving. Took a while for them to announce the arrival of Mark Skinner from Orlando Pride. Uh, Lindsay caught up with striker Ella Toon, though, to find out more about life in the camp. I think we're just all raring to to get the season underway now. Um, training's been really exciting and fun and and hard. We've had to learn a new style of play and, and get used to different things. But yeah, we're really excited and it's been going well. And talk us through this new style because now you've got Mark Skinner and, and Casey departed in the summer. How are things different? Yeah, Mark's come in with a bit of a different style of play. But I think that it fits all the players really well. He wants us to be brave and get on the ball and play out from the back which we've got a lot of great players to do that. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, We've all put 100% effort in in pre-season and, yeah, we can't wait for the season to start. You begin the season on Friday night on the 3rd of September. It's against Reading. Um, How do you feel, first of all, being that opening fixture? Well, yeah, that's amazing. It's going to be a big game. I feel like every game in the WSL is always massive and each year teams are improving and, a lot of new players are signing for, for teams. Uh, so, yeah, for us to be the first and opening game is is massive and we want to go out there with a statement and show what we're about. And for fans who might be tuning in for the first time on Sky Sports, you will be bringing over a lot of fans that already exist, of course, but that you might be also picking up some new fans as well. What do you think they can expect over the course of, of the next nine months? Well, yeah, first of all, it's massive that we're on Sky Sports and hopefully a lot more people will tune in and 
for the women's game, it's massive and it, it shows that it's growing. I think fans should expect from us as a team bravery and, and freedom and, I don't know, an exciting style of play with um, a lot of great individual players, but a real togetherness about us. So, yeah, we want to be we want to be showing that we play exciting football. Lindsay Huber there speaking to Manchester United striker Ella Toon. So, Jen, what do we expect of this Manchester United side under Mark Skinner? They've made some signings. Any that jump out to you? I've got a I've got a few, but let's let's get your take first. Well, I think what what's kind of crucial is that he already had Lucy Staniforth there, who he, he brought into Birmingham when he was at the Blues, and now and he has Zifa Mannion, and that that is a core of players who already understand how he likes to play and know what yeah. a good guy he is. Uh, so, so they're already on his side. So I think that's that's great, and and I love Hannah Blundell as a player. I was I, I can understand why she's left Chelsea because she wants regular football, um, but this might be a, a big opportunity for her in a sort of young and um, enthusiastic side. I, th- I just think this is fascinating to see how Mark does. I, I think it's going to be a slow burn. This I don't expect yeah. fireworks like straight away. So, you know, it's as much as the fans who have been apoplectic this summer not knowing what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's sort of cruel of saying this, but I love on social media watching how the, as they sort of have breakdowns every other day about who they're not signing. <laughs> they have to be patient, I think. I'm confident that they will finish the season in a really strong place. I think Mark will get this team clicking, but it might come a bit later down the line. I think the earlier part of the season is where maybe they're going to suffer a little bit. And that's ultimately where I think their their overall position will suffer. But I think he'll get them playing in, in the style that he likes out from the back. And there'll be that understanding and they will be really well equipped for the next WSL campaign to be right up there. But for this season, I think there's a bit to do. There's a, there's a bit of bedding in time needed. Um, and I and I also think, you know, you talk about players bringing in, but there's competition, which can be good and can be a really healthy thing to have in a team. Um but it, that can also take some adjustment. You know, the fact that Mary Earps is suddenly going to be looking over her shoulder in goal because Sophie Bagley, who was brilliant at Bristol City, so there's going to be competition yeah. there. And I, I think that's the same, you know, in defence as well. I, I, I think Hannah Blundell will come straight in. And those those problems are great problems to have, but sometimes you can just get caught as you're starting. And I, I think they will get caught a little bit. Maybe games where they would be picking up at the end of the season, three points. I think they're going to drop a couple. They might be drawing a few. Just a quick comment from you, Jen, on um, Ella talking about the side playing differently, playing out from the back, getting on the ball. That's not the kind of most revelatory thing in women's football, is it, at the moment? No, and it's playing not out from that the back. much of it. It's not that much of a departure necessarily. No, from the not way necessarily. That playing them. No. Although occasionally Manchester United were definitely guilty of spectating a little bit or not being you know perhaps perhaps it is bravery uh, perhaps it's just a bit unsure of where they are positionally or what they should be doing but there was there was definitely a bit of hesitancy last season under Casey that, that, that I think she was infuriated by as well um, they were, I think they were hit by crucial injuries at the wrong times and Tobin Heath's gone and and press isn't there anymore but these players weren't in all year there, no. there is a core of, of a Man United team that's very, very good and, and almost underrated. I mean, 
Katie Zellum, Jackie Gronin is is a tremendous player, and I think she'll yeah. thrive. Okay, well, let's see what they have to offer. Have we all got United in fifth? I've got yeah. a gen scenario where I'm going to say fifth or sixth. Mm. Yeah, because we're going to come on to another team in a minute. Oh, dot, dot, dot. There you go, a hint from Jen that we have some contenders to come. Should we move into the next phase of this preview show? Uh, let's talk about the newbies. Yep, Leicester City are making the step up to WSL this campaign. Kate caught up with Hannah Kane to ask her all about that new challenge. So obviously I'm absolutely buzzing that we're back in WSL. Uh, I came to Leicester knowing that the club had a massive ambition to get promoted as soon as they went professional. So to me, that was a that was a big thing for me to come down from Everton that was already in WSL to come to the championship, knowing that we were pushing for promotion was massive. The fact that we achieved that and everything around it was just amazing. And then now, yeah, to be back in WSL is perfect for me. I absolutely can't wait. You've got a few new signings as well to blend in. Abby McManus, Jess Sigsworth. You've got some really good names there. You know, again, sort of boostering up the strength of the team what's it been like to welcome some of those new players yeah amazing I think Abby's obviously senior caps for England very very senior head very professional same with Jess a lot of experience she obviously played with Man United massive team so to bring these girls in to create an even more professional environment has been massive for us like the difference from championship to WSL1 is big I don't think people appreciate how big the gap is. So to bring in the experienced players like that helps the environment massive, especially we have a lot of young girls that come up from the academy to train with us. So even for them to get the experience and the knowledge that these girls have brought in is massive. You're a really ambitious team. That's clear. Jonathan Morgan, your manager, very ambitious. The fact that the men's team bought you, made you professional before they had to, I suppose. What's the target for this season? Without giving too much away, where's the mentality of the team on what on what you can achieve this season? I think we know that we've got a, a really good squad. Pre-season has been a real eye-opener into what we can achieve. So obviously, you know we're ambitious. You know we want to do well. Our aim is just to go out there and show everyone what we can do. And where we get is where we get. But we know that no matter what, our fundamental is literally put everything you can onto the pitch and it will show the team that we are. Kate speaking to Leicester City women player Hannah came there and it's also been announced in recent weeks that the majority of home league fixtures will be played at the King Power Stadium, which is fantastic news. Um, is that going to be to their benefit? Um, we'll, we'll try and incorporate here as well, Jen, a lot of the players that they've brought in, but you know, overall, playing at the King Power, is that a good thing? Is that going to be better for them? Well, I think it's better to, if you, you say you're going to play there all season rather than, you know, flop, flip-flopping, you know, playing one big game there and then going back to Corn or wherever. You know, it's if, if you that's your home, that's your home and it, you, you build it to be the fortress that you want it to be. They play, they'll be playing at a Premier League stadium every um, home game they they have their own Premier League standard training ground which is their base at Belvoir Drive Leicester have come into the WSL and, and they're almost putting other clubs to shame mm. 
And that's probably, Kate, why they've been able to attract some of these names. Jess Sigsworth from Manchester United, Gemma Purfield from Bristol City. Abby McManus. Abby McManus, who we know. You know, some some very established players, as well as bringing in uh, the likes of Molly Pike from Everton and Abby Grant from Birmingham. Yeah, and look, having Jess Sigsworth and Abby McManus on your starting team sheet is a, is a signal of intent, isn't it? We know that Jonathan Morgan's been fantastic at that club. There is a whole family history at that club, which is amazing and kind of too much too much to go into now. But needless to say, it's built on solid roots, solid, solid foundations. And I think we are expecting some exciting things from Leicester City. They just ran away with the championship title, didn't they? 16 of 20 games they won. They scored 54 goals in the process. I guess we could talk about how their front line is going to stand up to the, the sort of you know much better defensive lineups in the well, WSL. We spoke, but, I mean, to, we spoke to Natasha Flint a few times on the podcast last season. She was their top goal scorer, seventeen goals to her name. It is a step up. Um, I wonder if if she can deliver with Jess Sigsworth around her. She's going to have better players around her as well this season. Then I, I wouldn't have thought that there is a worry here for relegation, Jen. Yeah, I, th- I think that they you have to be pretty confident they're going to stay up. I think they've got enough about them to do that, sure. Um, they have something to prove, a lot of that team. They've got some tremendously talented young players, LeChant Hall, Paige Birdie-Gale. It's, it's what sort of whether they can really make that step up, as you say, against tough WSL defences. No regrets is what Jonathan Morgan tells them all the time, and I'm sure that's how they're going to go into this season and into each game. And that Man United win in the Cup, it was massive for them. It gave them the belief, and, and I think they'll be looking to do a Man United with a great start. They've got Villa away, then Manu at home, then West Ham away. They, they could be on their way, momentum, after just one month. Well, we'll leave Leicester there then. We're saying they're staying up. Still to come, we're talking relegation warriors, but up next, we're hearing from a gold medal winner. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're listening to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get a third off a subscription right now by heading to theathletic.com forward slash WSL pod. Well, this section we're calling the Middlers. Tottenham are under new Skinner management as well. Well, fairly new in Rahan Skinner. There's been a big turnover of players at the club, but for one of them, well, it's been a really big summer. Lindsay caught up with Olympic gold medal winner Shalina Zadorsky. I've only been in for a short amount of time, but... It's so exciting to be back and seeing the work everyone's put in over preseason is evident. I mean, I just watched them play a couple of preseason matches and, and people are flying, people are fit, confident. And, you know, I think it's it just makes me even more excited to get back out there and, and really make an impact. Have you bought the Olympic gold medal into training yet? I did. People wanted to see it and I'm the type where I'm so happy to share and, you know, people, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's a really special thing. And to be able to have that genuine support from my Spurs family was priceless for me. And, you know, the excitement people had 
while the tournament was going on, when I got back and, and just that support uh, meant the world. And, you know, it's actually really heavy. It, it's, it's mind blowing. So I love seeing people's reactions when they put it on or when they hold it. So yeah, happy to share that. And yeah, I love the team here. So it's, it's exciting. You've had a sizable chunk of time now with Rianne Skinner. Do you think that she started to really implement her ideas? And is this going to be the season that we can see some changes to how Spurs play? You know, when the club decided to make the change and, and bring Rianne in, I think it was, you know, an immediate impact that was infectious across the group. And I think she she has a such a great personality for being a leader and she's she's not afraid to challenge us. She's very vocal and, and, you know, she's, she's focused on the details. And I think that's, that's what makes a great coach. And really, you know, we've, we've gotten some results and by the end of the season, you know, it was a little up and down and that, and that's football. But I think this season, you know, she's, she's brought in a lot of players that fit her philosophy. And I think our group now is, is really ready to fly. And it's exciting seeing even in the preseason matches, just the quality we can have and, and really we've been growing on and off the pitch as a group. So I think, you know, it's going to be a really exciting season. Um, and I can't wait. Have you spoken all together about targets? Is that something that you do? Um, it is definitely something uh, we do. Um, however, we just got Kaya, you know, back in with the club. So really the focus has been gelling everyone together so far, really working on, physical capabilities, mental capabilities, you know, improving on the way we want to play. Whereas we're yet to, you know, make a concrete target, but obviously it's known we want to do better than last year. And we want to be, you know, the hardest working team on the pitch on any given day. And I think that's part of the identity we're building. I'll let you know when the targets are set. <laughs> Tottenham and Canada's Shalina Zadorsky there speaking to Lindsay. Jen, can I get your take on Rianne Skinner? It didn't go too well for her towards the end of last season or since sort of taking over. It's been a bumpy ride, but I wonder whether we are still to see a lot more from her. Yeah, I think that she made a big impact when she came in in December, Rianne, and then she couldn't she couldn't really get enough time to look at who she wanted to recruit. So she was working with a side which wasn't really hers. You can't she can't use that excuse now because what I think ten players they brought in. It's an load. incredible turn. It's an incredible turnover, but she's a, a manager that is used to working with international sides. So that is about bringing players together quickly. Um, I think that they they're looking to improve. They've established themselves as a as a WSL side, and they'll be looking to be a good, strong mid-table team again. They would be missing a trick if they didn't use the height in this team to good effect. And I'm sure Rianne Skinner will not be missing a trick. So set pieces, this is the team to look out for. I think if there are going to be people conceding goals from corners, free kicks, uh, it's going to be teams against Spurs. They are going to be a handful, I reckon. Well, that's interesting. In terms of signings, I mean, there are too many for us to go through in huge amounts of detail. Obagagu's come from Real Madrid's Jen, did we learn any more about her there? What do, what do we expect of her? Um, I didn't see too much of her at Real Madrid, but from what we know from her, her, the Gunners and with England, then um, she's a, a pacey player who knows where the goal is. And she's such an exuberant character as well. So that'll be fab. Kaya Simon coming in from PSV, another Aussie in the league. Mm. And Tang Jia Li, the, 
the Chinese forward. I know nothing about them, so that's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, Cho's made her move permanent as well. Um, I don't think, I mean, I think it's fair to say we don't really know what we're going to expect from Tottenham this season. So I'm going to put a big TBC sticker on that if everyone's okay with that. I think Middlers is about right. <laughs> okay. On to Reading next we go. Uh, they've lost Farrah Williams this season. I suppose the question is whether they can fill her place. What they have done is they've brought in experience with Natasha Dowie. Um, they've got her up front. They've got Deanne Rose, a very young, very impressive Canadian just, who we saw I at the Olympics. She's brilliant from the University of Florida. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. I think those are those are perhaps the two signings that people will be talking about most, but also coming in, uh, Gemma Evans from AC Milan, Faye Bryson from Bristol City, Chloe Peplow from Bristol as well. Um, so a few signings there and should be fairly easy for Kelly to integrate those players. Um, I do worry about them having to replace Farrah Williams, who is probably the equivalent of two players, um, and Harrod James with the experience there, and Jess Fishlock, Jen. Um, but do you think this is going to be enough for them? Yeah, they, they, they're talking very, very realistically about the season ahead. I think they've had a big dose of reflection and um, a, a sort of harsh talking to, in a sense, uh, because they realised that they were they underestimated teams around them and below them. Last season, they need consistency and they need to knuckle down and, and almost, you know, work harder. They're talking about this being the hardest preseason they've ever done. This is the fittest that they've ever been. This is uh, Tash Harding, Rach Roy, your international players. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think just just Dean Van Havermaet, you didn't mention the Belgian uh, midfielder. She's oh, six yes. foot one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the last one, wasn't she, that came in? Sorry, yeah. Six foot one, so I expect her at, at set pieces. And and I I think Gemma Evans, uh, the Welsh girl from they brought in from Bristol I think he's absolutely quality and I expect her to step up but that trio from the midfield as you mentioned is a huge loss Rachel Rowe was the top scorer last season from midfield um she's great because she can either play in a defensive or an attacking role but what Reading lacked last season was firepower I'm sure that Natasha Dowie will address that to some extent but I'm still not completely enthused that the goals are there and that there is going to be, you know, again, a reliance on set pieces. We've touched on it already, Jen, but this is a concern for me. Oh, Tad Stelly scores goals wherever she goes. We all know that. They can't just rely on her for them. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Give her the ball in the box and she'll score. Uh, she's got. I think she's got something to prove and, you know, somebody who's that hungry for goals, then you'll yeah, be fine. Agreed. And Deanne Rose, so quick. There is quality yeah. in there, and they've, there's players already at Reading that that can step up. They they got some good results, remember last season and seasons before. It's just about consistency for them. Yeah, they've um, rather unsexily named their stadium the Select Car Leasing Stadium. That gets minus points for me. You can do better than that, surely. Um, but however, a sponsor's a sponsor, and on we go. So where are we saying for Reading then? Sixth or seventh. Uh, yeah, I think I think seventh or eighth actually. Okay, Midland. Midland. The enthusiasm right. for naming a place is sort of waning, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but next up, it's the team that finished sixth last season, and we haven't really got too much room left. It's Brighton, and they're always ones to keep an eye on under Hope Powell, very experienced manager. Uh, they made some good signings as well. Danielle Carter moving from Reading, uh, Rinsola Babajade from Liverpool, and um, that's a loan move, and League One Min from Manchester City. Three 
three excellent signings. Uh, are they going to have their highest ever finish eclipse this season, Jen? I, I think that they're an upwardly mobile team. I think that they, they've just got such a togetherness. That's a word you hear so often, but you actually see that on the field with them. It translates into performances. Um, Tory Williams, the sometimes skipper, says that they have a have-a-go attitude. That sums them up. Hope Powell says to them after in training and after some games, you have no excuses now. So they have no excuses not to replicate what they did last year. That cannot be just a one-off. Yeah. One thing to pick up on last year was the big gap between Brighton and the other top five being goals. You know, Brighton, there was a, there was a huge lack of goals there. That's something that they've needed to address. And indeed, every one of those signings you mentioned, Lindsay, is a forward. So there's no excuses now. They need to focus on that. And let's not forget they've got Inessa Kagman, you know, who's re-signing. So she's re-signed on a one-year deal. I think he's as significant, actually, as some of those new signings. Relegation Warriors next, um, before we round up. All of these sides won just three games last season. They will be wanting to improve on that. Aston Villa, they managed to stay up last season and they'll be aiming for that again. But can they do anything else? Uh, they've got new manager Carla Ward in, perhaps their most important appointment, Jen. Yeah, because she knows how to, to pull a team together. And it might not be um, the sexiest way to, to play the game, but it's it's about battling and, and that's what they need to do to, to establish themselves. One season in which it was a bit of a struggle and they escaped by the skin of their teeth, she's brought in some... Some really battle-hardened characters, and and that will stand them in good stead. They've played a lot of pre-season games; they haven't won any, but that shouldn't worry them too much, I don't think. Um, run yeah. us through Kate some of those incomings. Well, Alicia Layman's come from West Ham; very decent player indeed. Good signing. Uh, I'm all up for that. Um, Remy Allen from Leicester. Sarah Mailing in defence from Birmingham. Another forward, actually, to mention Chantal Boy Hloka. Um, who's come from Everton. Um, she was at Everton for a long time. I mean, you'll know all about her. She's called Shani for short, Shani, Shani. Uh, Jen, she was at Everton for, what, yeah, nearly a decade a or so. Yeah, 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 yeah a whole ton of time. Um, she's overcome serious injury. And I think she's really looking for opportunity to make a mark. She's 25 now and she'll be at that point in her career where where she needs to think about, you know, arriving towards her peak now is her time so I'm really interested to see how she does um Gemma Davison's been on trial there as well um I don't think there's any word yet on whether that's a signing or not but if Gemma Davison does arrive then that would be awesome well yeah nobody's won the league more clubs than yes than Gemma. In terms what of experience. experience I think Remy Allen is absolutely like the best signing that Carla's made straight in as skipper she she spent a year out of the WSL at, at Leicester City and helped them to promotion. And I think even without being in the league that, that one year, she still has the most tackles made in the WSL. Yeah, I love that. For, and they'll, whole, she's, she's such a competitor. Yeah, and they'll need that for the side as well. We haven't mentioned Hannah Hampton yet coming from Birmingham, Maz Pacheco from West Ham as well, but certainly securing Hannah's you know, a really, a really savvy move for Carla to bring her over with her lens. Yeah, I think that's a really good move. I, I think when you're talking about that as well, because I, I know that we've got a motor on through 
bringing in West Ham, they've had their first full pre-season now under Oli Harder, who came in partway through the season last season. Um, and, and they've done equally as good business, I think. It's going to be difficult to predict who's going to get relegated this season. Um, Lisa Evans, fabulous signing for them. Uh, we loved Yallop as well during the Olympics. So higher expectations than just a survival scrap or, or a West Ham going to be doing what they did last season? I think that Yui Hasegawa is the one that you've got to get really quite sort of excited about watching. She's so, so good. And they're already talking about in training how, how exceptional she is. Claudia Walker will get them goals. Uh, Zanetta Wynn is a is an American, was at Glasgow City. I saw her play at Sunderland quite a lot. Um, she's played Champions League football in Europe. She, she's really, really such a competitor too. So they they look in better shape than they have done in the past. It was very difficult for them last year. They were sort of, they had a poor start lot of misfortune, a lot of being undone by their own mistakes. And then they were scrapping to, to stay up. However, Sissoko is back, is properly fit after a strong pre-season. So some of their current players, you know, they're almost going to be like new signings. Mm. I mean, the relegation battle last season, there were three, four teams down there in it with a few games to go. And I don't see that being the case with West Ham and with Aston Villa this season. But I think that is not only about them strengthening, but it's about the team that we're going to come on to, who I think have just had no end of problems for a few years now. And um, last season, it all came into sharp focus. Birmingham, they've got a new manager in Scott Booth. Um, Carla Ward, of course, was there last season, went to Aston Villa. They've lost her. And I think without her, they would have gone down last campaign. And it's going to be different for him, coming from a Scottish league to the WSL, as well as having all the problems behind the scenes at Birmingham. They clearly don't have as much funding. It's um, It's been clear to see as well from the players that have left in the past. I mean, they, they've had really established, long-standing players who would have ran through a brick wall for Birmingham, who've, who've ended up going. And I, I think that said everything. Is this a team that we can pretty much say now is going to be having to do everything in their power not to be at the bottom of the table? I think my microphone will break <laughs> if you ask me who's actually going to go down because I have a lot of time for, for Scott Booth and what he did at Glasgow and I, I liked watching him as a player. I think that there are yeah, there are obstacles for them to overcome. I think some of the problems have been resolved and you don't need superstars to pull a good team together and the two Quins are great characters to have in the dressing room. I wouldn't write them off so quickly. I mean, Lisa no, Robertson I wouldn't is either. And 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 actually, any kind of preseason preview you read, they've kind of written Birmingham off. And so for that, just to be contrary, I'm going to say don't do it. I think you know, yes, it is a tough one for Scott Booth, but 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 he has come from you know six years with the Scottish Women's Premier League champions. He knows about winning. He knows what it takes to instill a side to win. So don't underestimate him for that. The Quins, the flurry of L Quins, Louise and Lucy is brilliant. How do we get around naming them, by the way, Jen, in matches? Is it just going to be Louise Quinn to Lucy Quinn, Louise, Lucy? Uh, well, they have said that they have actually discussed this, that, but oh, they good. then decided that they were just going to have L Quinn on and it would be our problem, not theirs. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough indeed. Um, yes, he's got quite a few players 
to gel together. And there will always be the, because it was such a big press line last year, Birmingham are, are, are kind of almost weighted down by this fact that they had such problems and that the board, you know, are supposed to have reinvested and made a few promises and make it better. But I think the best thing for them to do is just to put that to one side and for Scott Booth to have a go at taking this, you know, fairly fairly new side or team of players and and sort of almost almost you know scratching everything in the past and just starting again with them and that's and that fresh page is is actually probably the biggest asset that he's got for that Birmingham side they you know the people have already written them off i mean so they've got nothing to lose i'm loving both of your positivity I don't want to be in that camp that relegates them already. However, they will be bottom of my list when you ask me for my prediction. Oh, um, I, I agree that you don't need superstars to make a team, but there is a, there's a lot being called on here. You've got a lot of championship experience that's going to have to step up to WSL. And it's not so much about Birmingham. I think Scott will do a good job with the resources that he's got. But I think it's because everyone else seems to have, have invested really well. And also they've got that experience to to go on and and to learn from. And I and I think Birmingham missed a trick last season with that. I don't think they learned from from the season before. And I think it'll catch up with them. Okay, well there you go. Uh damnation to Birmingham from Lindsay. Jen and I are being a bit more polite about it. Should we talk about the first weekend briefly? So the big first Friday night fixture, Manchester United versus Reading. Um, I'll run through the other ones and we can maybe pick out a game each. Saturday sees Villa take on Leicester, Everton, Manchester City, Tottenham, Birmingham City. Big one at the Emirates on Sunday as Arsenal take on Chelsea and then Brighton take on West Ham. Jen O'Neill, which one are you salivating over already? You're never going to ask me back because I can't make a decision, can I? Um, I think well, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Everton, Man City. Arsenal, Chelsea, come on. You know, that is that is the barnstormer isn't it that's an early title indication but that's the day after <laughs> no i want it now i want to open my presents now so the one that comes first is better <laughs> okay okay i'm interested in everton versus manchester city because i want to see how all these new arrivals deal uh at everton with manchester city uh, who i'm also very interested to see how they turn out this season so yeah that one i'm going to be keeping an eye on Another impatient one. Okay, well, that's it for this preview show. Uh, thank you to Jen for joining us. Uh, are you going to be heading to any of the matches this weekend, Jen? Uh, well, counterintuitively, no, because this is this is going to be like the best TV coverage of the Women's Super League ever. So I'm just going to oh, get correct square answer. eyes. There you go. Yeah, I've heard some, some ace reporter will be on Sky, <laughs> then BBC One, BBC One on a Saturday afternoon, Everton Man City, and then uh, Arsenal Chelsea after a run on Sunday. I'm, this is going to be the best weekend of the year so far. I don't have to do any plugging. You've done it all for me. Uh, you can read lots on The Athletic this week as well to continue to get you in the mood. There's a roundtable discussion coming up with some big Everton and Leicester content dropping. It's on the way. And if you're not already a subscriber, then head to theathletic.com forward slash WSL pod to get a third off a subscription. We'll be back on Tuesday. Enjoy the footy, Kate. Thank you very much. Enjoy it as well, Jen. Thank you. See you next time. You've been listening to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. You can listen ad-free via the Athletic app. Keep up to date with everything we're doing by going to The Athletic UK or at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Insta. And you can find out the latest subscription offers by heading to theathletic.com forward slash WSL pod. 
The Athletic Women's Football Podcast was an Athletic Media Company production. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.